Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we have another incredible educator from our 2022 class of Extraordinary Educators, Amy Spears, who is an eighth grade math teacher at Alton Middle School in Illinois. Welcome, Amy. We are so glad you're here. Thanks so much for joining, and we would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. So yeah, my name is Amy Spears. I have been um, teaching math for mathematics for 15 years. I've been teaching math for 15 years, um, eighth and ninth grade math. Um, I taught 13 years at uh, Quincy Junior High in Quincy, Illinois, all the way from remedial math up to like honors geometry um, is what I taught there. And then I also taught at Quincy Community College in the summertime. I taught mathematics as well. From there, um, a few years ago, I met my husband who lives in St. Louis, Illinois, and we got engaged. So I moved to Alton. Um, I moved to St. Louis and I started teaching at Alton Middle School. And I was super nervous, you know, when I first moved here because um, I was kind of like the big dog on campus, you know, at my old school, had a math department, that type of thing, you know. And um, so I was I was pretty nervous moving here. Um, but I have been here now at Alton Middle School for two years teaching eighth grade math, and I love it. It's incredible. I love both of the schools I've been at. So, um, so yeah, now I'm uh, eighth grade at Alton Middle School. Wow, that's amazing. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your journey with math. What are you interested in? What are some of your, um, you know, professional learning experiences that are that you've, I mean, you because you've been teaching for a while. So what are you, what are you thinking about now? So a big journey I went on a few years ago was dealing with math language. Um, You know, I wanted to improve myself. Um, I was making a lot of mistakes teaching mathematics that I wasn't even aware of. Um, And, you know, um, I kind of decided I was going to do some research. I reached out to a lot of experts and um, I really took a look at how I was speaking mathematics in the classroom and um, change some things because some things definitely needed to be changed. So um, definitely my math language is something that I've been really passionate about. And I would actually love to share some of the things I um, discovered with my research with you guys and with everybody out there of some things with math language that I learned and some things that I've changed in my um, teaching style the past few years. Yes, please. We would love to hear it. Oh, sure. So I'm going to kind of give you like top 10 things that I've kind of changed with my math language in the past um, few years and things that I've learned, you know, just um, like I said, I was guilty of probably all of these um, kind of top 10 things that, you know, like I was guilty of a lot of these things. And um, I've presented this a few times to um, different groups of teachers. And um, just again, it was me doing research and reaching out to experts and um, people who, you know, write curriculum and that type of thing. And, and, just changing my own language. And, and I think a lot of times we're harming our students with the language we use um, and, you know, um, not teaching them appropriately. So, so these are kind of my big ones. My biggest one that was a big change for me was using cancel in mathematics. A cancel is not a mathematical operation. 
It's not something we should be saying in math. Um, I said it all the time when solving equations, we cancel these out, that type of thing. Um, so more precise language um, should be, um, we're zeroing things out. So we're adding to zero, um, that type of language. Or when we're solving equations, like um, where it divides to one. So we really shouldn't be using cancel as a math operation. It doesn't exist. That was a big one. It took me about a year to really, you know, stop saying cancel when I'm solving equations, but saying that, you know, this adds to zero, this zeros out, opposites equal zero, or this divides to one. Um, and just taking that language completely out of my um, math vocabulary. So, so you're canceling cancel. Canceling cancel. Yes. See what I did that, there? Yes. That's out. We're canceling cancel, everybody. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, okay. Now I know this is a heated debate between mathematicians, but improper fractions. All right. Because I actually reached out to quite a few people who wrote articles on this one. So improper fractions. I said, you know, we know as we get older and we're getting into algebra, there's nothing improper about having a top heavy fraction, right? So that's really not the best thing to call it. That um, I, I reached out some, to some people, someone said it should be called a top heavy fraction. Someone said it should be a fraction greater than one. Um, that's what it should be called. That's how we should be, the language we should be using in class, fraction greater than one. Um, we know like when they're getting into slope intercept form and graphing slope and stuff like that, we don't have them changed to mixed numbers. So, you know, I took that out of my vocabulary, improper fractions, because there's nothing improper about them. And I tend to use um, top heavy fractions or fractions greater than one, because those were kind of the two I got the, the most pro for, you know, the, the, the ones that uh, people were kind of going with the most. So I got rid of that one for my language as well. Number three, I asked my students, what does reduce mean? With fractions, and they said, "Oh, the fraction gets smaller." I said, "That's not what. That's not what that. You know, that's not going on. You know." Right. So um, I got rid of reduce. Um, I always use simplify, not reduce. It's just it's better language to say simplify instead of reduce. So took that it sounds like the fraction loses weight. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's so true. Just to pause you for a second, Amy. All of these things. It's so interesting. Not using cancel. Not using reduce. It's like just it's so ingrained in us and part of our mm -hmm. muscle memory, how we were taught, how we were taught to teach. Yes. But if you think about students learning this stuff for the first time, they're thinking of reduce as how they know the word reduce, which is yeah. actually, you're right. It's not that two fourths is not getting smaller when it's becoming one half. Right. And so it's just, it's just really interesting to think about. And so really appreciate right. your insights so far. I'm excited to see what the next one's going to be. Fractions yeah. did so, not go on a calorie reduced diet. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I changed. It's only simplify in my class. So um, KFC, keep, keep flip change. This is one like sixth, seventh grade teachers do a lot um, when they're dividing fractions. I actually taught some seventh graders. I never even heard of it before. I was like, what is this KFC thing? Keep flip change. And I, I was like, what is this? So I think we have to be really careful of using these cutesy little sayings. When, when we're dividing fractions, we're multiplying by the reciprocal. I think it's okay. We need to be using language like that with our sixth and seventh graders. They need to know that. So then when they get to algebra, they're, you know, and we're dividing fractions and we're doing things with equations, they know that it's, um, that it's multiplied by the reciprocal. So that's when I think needs to go. I respect elementary teachers so much. I could never do their job. They're incredible, incredible people, how they deal with the little ones all day and teach them how to read and everything they do. I praise them. They are amazing, amazing, amazing people. So, um, but the one that I want to cancel from a little kid from elementary is the alligator eats the bigger number. So, you know, when you're doing greater than and less than, yeah, I, I have a lot of trouble when my kids get to ninth grade and we're learning inequalities 
And all they know about greater than a lesson is that the alligator eats the bigger number. They, they, we can't do any qualities with this type of information. So it's just so important that we're not using language like that, especially in younger grades and that we're teaching them greater than less than those properties, those ideas, the concepts behind them. So when they get to algebra, they don't struggle with inequalities. And they don't think alligators eat KFC either. Right. <laughs> Some <laughs> experts say, leave the alligators in the swamp. They don't belong in math class. <laughs> right. So. Like what do they, and then I remember I used to actually draw like an alligator mouth with the, on the greater than and less than symbol. And no, no, every no. time you think about language, I'm also thinking of different meanings of the language you're saying, which is why language is so important. When you say cancel, Absolutely. when you say reduce, like if you're, if students are going to be thinking, what does reduce mean to me? Where have I heard that? How does it apply to math? So absolutely, you're spot on with language. I'll go through the next ones pretty quick then. So um, I know a lot of times when we're solving things, we we plug in. We're used to saying that. We should only be saying substitute, not plug in. Um, when referring to fractions, we shouldn't really be talking about the top or the bottom of fractions. It should always be numerator and denominator using that language. It's just a lot more precise. Um, you know, instead of cross multiply, we should be using the language product of means and product of the extremes. So just using the more precise language. Um, okay. So this was one I was guilty on and shame on me for this one being a math teacher. I would say 2.4, 5.6, shame, shame, shame on me, right? Two and four tenths, five and six tenths. We should always be saying that properly. We should not be saying 2.4 that type of thing. So making sure that we're reading those decimals properly so that they're understanding place value. And I know I'm still guilty of it every once in a while when I'm flying through math and I say 2.4 instead of two and four tenths. So, um, you know, that's just something that um, math teachers really, I think, need to be aware of and watch. And I was very guilty of it myself. So it's so um, true, but it helps so much with them understanding the um, how to go back and forth between fractions and decimals. And I didn't realize that until I became a fifth and sixth grade math teacher. And then I was like, I cannot say two point whatever, because it's not helping them, you know, but then the, you read the decimal out loud and you actually just said the fraction, right? So, um, yeah, totally agree there. I feel you on that one. It's, it's a really tough habit to break, especially when it's part of like your everyday language, just in life outside of the classroom. Can you clarify a Thanksgiving argument for me around this? What is the proper way to read a number if it's one, four, two, is it 142 or 140? So there is no, and unless it's a decimal, correct. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's just repeat that for the masses because that was heated conversation at my holiday table. It's great. You're talking about that and not like yes. politics. <laughs> okay. And then of course I have to end with this one because I was a geometry teacher for, you know, 12 years. So I've got to you know, show a little love to my geometry teachers out there. Um, we shouldn't be saying points. We shouldn't be saying corners. It should be vertex and vertices. So, um, you know, definitely we want to stay away from points and corners and use that vertex and vertices language. So those are just some of the big ones, you know, that, that I changed a lot for myself and, and kind of um, changed my language in. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, we have to be careful. We're not harming our students. Um, and, and teaching language is such a big part of that teaching correct language when we're teaching mathematics. So that's been a, kind of my passion the last few years is, is researching and changing those things. And thank you for sharing your top 10 with us. I think it's such a small thing, but it can make such a difference, especially when you're thinking about like elementary teachers and the implication it has on the, you know, progressions of what, it, what they're going to be learning in eighth grade or vice versa. If a student, you know, in eight, is learning something new in eighth grade 
and we say just the wrong thing. If they think of plugging is like plugging in their phone, it, that that's not what you're doing, right? We're actually substituting and it's just so insightful, Amy. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your expertise and your top 10 lessons learned. I love it. Um, really appreciate your time and, uh, and all you provide here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has um, been exciting for me. So I appreciate um, you taking the time with me. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow along as always on Twitter at Curriculum Asoche and on Instagram at MyIReady and be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the work you do. If you have feedback about the podcast, it's a topic of interest or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at caink.com. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.